Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Hello, you are listening to the Modern Homesteading Podcast, but you're not hearing the usual music here in the beginning. That's because I'm doing something a little different today. I'm your host, Harold Thornbro, and today what I want to do is I want to actually play uh, an episode from our Homestead Forum membership community that I recorded a while back, and I want to do that for a few reasons. One, it's it's a really applicable episode uh, for uh, for homesteaders, and I think I just want more people to hear that episode and be able to apply it to their homesteads than just the people in the uh, Homestead Forum. Uh, doing a lot of episodes in there, um, and I want to uh, share this one with you because I thought it was a useful one. You know, I thought. This is something that I think everybody could benefit from who's getting into homesteading or who is homesteading and maybe wants to know a little bit about permaculture design but doesn't know a lot about it. And that's what I'm going to talk about today. Today on this episode, um, I'm going to discuss what is commonly known as the second permaculture design principle, and that's stacking functions. And uh, I think it can lead to a much more productive homestead. So I want to talk about that. I want to share that with you today. I'm just going to play the episode here in a few minutes, uh, start with the bumper music and just let it go all the way through just what you would hear uh, in the Homestead Forum membership community. Uh, two, I just want you to get a little taste of that membership community. Uh, it, it's There's a lot going on in there. We have a weekly video, uh, the live chat we do. We have a, a podcast going in there. Um, we have a, a community forum where we're interacting. There's just a lot going on in there, and I think you ought to be a part of it if you can. And number three is I'm working on a podcast episode on perennial vegetables, and I needed a couple more days to work on that. I wanted to do a little bit more research and really do a real good, thorough podcast, and I didn't want to, what, I didn't want to rush it out. And I could have put it out yesterday, but I was working on it, and I thought, you know what? I could use a couple, two or three more days of, of research on this to make this a better podcast because I like where it's going and I think there's some real useful information in it and I want to keep that going. So I thought, you know what I'll do? I'll just play an episode from the, the membership group, uh, just kind of a one-time only thing. Can't say I'll never do it again, but uh, I don't, it's not going to be a common practice for sure. And I wanted to just introduce you to some of the things there in that group. But I did want to just pop in and I wanted to go through some usual things because I don't do them in those episodes. I pretty much go straight into the topic uh, with those episodes. So I wanted to take I, I want to take a minute and just do some homestead updates with you and do all our usual stuff. And then we'll go to the episode. So uh, around here, we finally got more than just cold weather crops started in the greenhouse. I've been just growing, you know, lettuce and spinach and kale and things like that. Finally got those tomatoes planted, those peppers planted, uh, just a bunch of stuff, you know, a lot of stuff. And uh, finally got it going and it's been really warm. It's been like near 80 degrees. And of course, as soon as I plant everything in the greenhouse, the temperatures drop down like today. I think the high is going to be in the 30s. But uh, I do have some heat in the greenhouse, and um, I think they'll be just fine. It's it's uh, they'll do good. It's going to warm back up here in a couple days, and uh, we'll get uh, get those going. Um, also, I don't know if I've mentioned that here, but I've mentioned it in the members group is that I'm building an actual podcast studio in my garage, and that's coming along. Um, I started that a few weeks ago, and I kind of got sidetracked and got away from it. 
but uh, continuing progress on that. Got some more materials in, and I'm actually using some pallets I got from work. I got these uh, like four by ten uh, pallets, uh, real heavy duty, like made out of two by sixes and two by fours uh, pallets, and I'm actually using those to uh, uh, build it, and it's going to be. Um, It'll be nice. I think when I get done with it, it'll be a great place for me to go out and do podcast episodes, maybe do some videos, and uh, just get away from the noise of the house, be able to do those things a little bit uh, more convenient at a time. I'm getting kind of tired of having to get up at 3.30 or 4 o'clock in the morning to do my work while everybody's in bed, so there's not a lot of noise in the house. <laughs> so I wanted a place where I could, you know, out there where I could do that when when I needed to through the day and I have to worry about the, the noise of grandkids and just people and, and things in the house and a dog and whatever else. Um, also, uh, I'm going to a homesteading uh, meetup next weekend at a friend's house. I'll be talking about a few things there and having some fun and uh, planning on having some bacon wrapped uh, rabbit uh, for, for dinner and, and uh, talk about some comfrey, talk about building swells. Uh, he just bought five acres. He's having some little bit of a water retention issues there. So we're going to look at maybe putting some swells on his property and uh, we're going to have a lot of fun. It's going to be a fun little meetup. I'm excited about that. I want to do a lot more of those kind of things uh, this, this year. Uh, so get out and, mingle and get away from the homestead just a little bit and go on and, and talk to other people at their homesteads and just have some fun so looking forward to that uh, lots of great posts this week going up in the homestead front porch facebook group you know it's kind of funny to see half the people in there growing things already even some harvesting things already and the other half still covered in snow it's kind of you know it just really makes you realize um just how different uh, homesteading can be for different people, and uh, but just to put some great posts, you know, uh, going up and uh, fun to see everybody interacting. I'm telling you, if you're not part of the Homestead Front Porch Facebook group, you need to uh, you need to join. Um, you can just search Facebook for Homestead Front Porch and request to join. It's a closed group, but all you have to do to join is ask, or you can go to the show notes here. This is uh, smalltownhomestead.com forward slash 81, and there'll be a link in there to uh, to join the Homestead Front Porch. Uh, you really ought to be a part of that. I can't even... I can't even go over all the things that kind of go on in there. It's such an active group. You know, I'm in there interacting some, but it's uh, it's really fun to see just how interactive and and I think useful that group is for so many people. So many people come in there with really good questions and they get really good answers. And uh, you know, it's kind of a, it's kind of a, a just a great resource for folks who are who are getting into homesteading or are homesteaders or just need help with something. I mean, it's just a great place to hang out and make friends. So uh, jump in there. Well, that's all I want to talk about now. I will come back at the end. I'll close out and I'll come back in and close off with a few thoughts. Um, but um, hope you enjoy this episode. Welcome to the Modern Homesteading Podcast. We have allowed ourselves to become so disconnected and ignorant about something that is as intimate as the food that we eat. Be prepared to grow your own for victory. God said I need somebody strong enough to clear trees and heave bales, yet gentle enough to yean lambs and wean pigs and tend the pink foamed pullets who will stop his mower for an hour to splint the broken leg of a meadowlark. So God made a farmer. 
Hello and welcome to the Modern Homesteading Podcast members-only bonus episode. On this podcast episode, I want to discuss what is commonly known as the second permaculture design principle, and that's a stacking function. So our topic today is going to be function stacking on small-scale homesteads, because I think that's really applicable to all homesteads, because if you can uh, stack functions on a small scale homestead, you can do it on a larger scale as well. So I think it's just more important to understand it on a smaller scale. And then you really learn uh, the principles behind stacking functions or function stacking as it's commonly, it, it's kind of goes back and forth. Some people call it uh, stacking functions. Some people call it uh, the actual term function stacking. The term originated or it at least gained popularity in the permaculture community. Um, and it's, it's defined as the element that serves multiple functions. And that seems really overly simple. I think it's not a, it's not a complicated concept, but I think we don't always think it out to the level that it's been thought out of in permaculture, that every single item on your homestead, you try to find multiple functions for that item. Okay, so anything that's on your property, you walk around your property, around your homestead, you see a garden bed, you see a tree, you see a fence, you see the side of your house, you see the front of your garage, whatever. Try to think of multiple functions that that part serves. And and what you do in permaculture design is you try to design everything with more than one function, multiple functions if you can. And the way to go about that, we're going to talk a little bit about how you go about that with different items, the the thinking process behind it. And that's really what function stacking is. It's a thinking process. It's thinking out the design of your property. Now, I'm this isn't a permaculture course, but I think this is a very valuable um, skill to develop for designing your homestead. We talked a little bit about a few episodes ago in the bonus episodes about how important design is. You're going to design your property. There's going to be design to your homestead. It's either going to be a poor design, one you didn't really think out, or you're going to, it's going to be a well-thought-out design. Um, and that's what permaculture is really all about. It's about the design. It's about setting it up in a way that is it serves you best, serves nature best serves the world best really uh, and we don't like to think on those bigger scales sometimes i don't think we just think about our own little thing but function stacking is really important and we're going to get into why that is first let's just look at i think it'll help us to understand function stacking to its highest degree if we just look at some items that are probably on your homestead property and let's just think it out let's think out what they produce what do they what do they offer what are some of the functions of those items? And then I think you'll get the concept of trying to lay out your property in a way. And I'll even talk about some of the things I've done. Uh, but some ways you can lay out your property in a way that makes it very functionable. And it makes it very efficient. Um, and, and, and it really does the most it can do in the smallest amount of spaces. Because even if you have several acres, 100 acres, um, most of your design is going to be focused right around your living quarters. You don't want to have to go to the back 40 to feed the chickens, okay? You want to be able to keep that somewhat close to your house. You want it to have a function close to your house. It saves you time. It saves you energy. Um, saves you resources. So keeping things close, if you can, is way better. So even on a larger property, it's nice to know the function stacking um, method. Let's just look around the garden first. Let's talk about trees. What are some things that trees... 
uh, provide? What are some of the functions of a tree? Well, it gives us produce, possibly, if it's a fruit tree. Uh, it's producing something. Maybe it's a nut tree. It's producing nuts. So it can give us food. We got to look at that. A tree can also provide fodder for animals, uh, the leaves, the, the branches, even the bark, um, and, and the fruit of the tree, the nuts, whatnot, can all be uh, serve as fodder for animals. One of the most important things we think of when we think of trees, and everybody thinks of this, landscape designers, everybody, they think about shade. Putting a tree somewhere where it's going to provide just the right amount of shade for whatever purpose you want it for. Maybe you want to shade your front porch. Maybe you want it to have shade in your backyard over your deck. Maybe you want it to, to shade a, a, you know, a playground area. Uh, whatever. Perhaps you want it to shade, partially shade a garden. Um, I actually have some for that very purpose. I have... Um, some semi-dwarf trees planted uh, in a place where it's extremely hot on my property. It's a south-facing wall on my house. There's a, I got the entire length of my house right there. There's a garden bed. It gets really hot. It's just getting all-day sun, evening sun, pounds on it. House is putting off that, that uh, heat, and it's a heat sink, so it's letting heat hang on through the evening. So what I did was I went just to the south of that along my fence row and I planted these semi-dwarf trees, you know, they're probably going to get 12 to 14 feet tall. Um, they're going to get up just high enough or they're going to get a, and I, I spaced them out enough to where as the sun goes through the day, it's going to provide periodic shade, uh, at different times, keep those trees, you know, thinned out to the point where in between them, uh, the sun comes through, but they're going to get breaks from the sun throughout the day. That garden's going to get a break and that's the way I designed it. So it provides shade. Trees are also known for providing wind block. I mean, um, you know, uh, state highway departments and people like that have been doing using trees for that purpose for years um, to block wind across interstates and highways and things like that. Uh, they provide a great wind block. If you live out in an open area where it's pl uh, a lot of open field, um, it's a very good idea to plant some trees, especially along the west side of your property, uh, where prevailing winds seem to come from most of the time depending on your location but probably um, you, can, you can provide a, you can cut down a lot of wind on your property by planting trees in a certain place um, that can protect your uh, property from wind damage so having trees uh, can be a wind block trees also provide compost using the leaves and the seeds and the, and the fodder from from trees makes a great punk, uh, compost uh, i use Leaves, we collect bagged leaves from friends even. We get more leaves than what we even produce on our property, and I use them to make compost. I use them to cover up uh, raised beds for the winter. Um, so it provides a, a great amount of compost. Something we don't may not think about is that trees make a great trellis. Uh, you can grow grapes or other vining um uh, plants up a side of a tree depending on the location the sun provided for it it can it can be a, a wonderful trellis for certain things so thinking of it in that way and using that as one of the functions of a tree is very valuable now you can see where because of the functions of a tree where you put a tree becomes even more important than it did before because you need to take all the functions you can think of into consideration and get the most use you can out of that tree. Uh, I do have uh, some trees for different purposes, some for shade, some for even trellises. And I actually have, I, I remember doing a blog post a couple years ago about my cucumber tree. <laughs> yeah, it wasn't really a cucumber tree, but I actually have a raised bed right beside the 
this mulberry tree and it has an actual lattice uh, trellis up the backside. Well, they kind of got out of control and they had stretched over into that tree and I wasn't really paying a lot of attention. I mean, I'd go out there and grab the branches were coming right over to the trellis and I didn't really notice that the branches, that the, uh, the vines had started going over into this tree. And then one day I'm walking by the tree and I see cucumbers hanging out of this tree all over the place. I remember I took some pictures of it even, and and it was my cucumber tree. And there was just cucumbers just hanging down out of this small mulberry tree all over the place. And it was just the funniest thing. And, and I got a big kick out of even writing a little blog post about my cucumber tree. But again, it served as a trellis, even accidentally, it served as a trellis. But it made me really think about the possibilities of using it for things like that. It absolutely can make a trellis uh, for something like that. So I, I, I have trees that I'm using for that. We absolutely, I told you the trees that I have planted on the south side of my home for um, for shade, they also serve as a wind block because we generally get, the, the wind generally comes from east and south, or from the west and the southwest. So it provides quite a bit of, uh, of protection uh, for our house. Um so, you know, a compost, we use a ton of it for compost. I mentioned earlier the, the leaves and stuff. Yeah, we, we, you know, we use a lot of the leaves. Um, the fodder, even the branches and the leaves go to my rabbits as well. I mean, trees have so many functions on the homestead, and you have to really take into consideration all of those functions when, you, uh, when you're planting your trees. Something I don't do, but I've been seeing a lot of it online everywhere, is people are, are tapping trees. You know, you got your maple trees and, and walnut trees and trees that can be tapped for their sap and turned into syrup. I mean, that's something you have to consider. There's all these things to consider when function stacking with trees. But trees aren't the only thing. I mean, bushes provide um, a lot of uh, function stacking uh, probabilities too. Uh, they're protection for smaller plants. Uh, they are shade for smaller plants. Uh, of course, you get the produce and you get the compost from them as well. I mean, bushes can provide a lot of those things. Um, and, 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 you know, also habitat for animals. I didn't even mention that with the trees and the bushes. Small birds, squirrels, maybe things you don't want on your property, but a lot of times you do want those on your property. I invite birds onto my property. I love having them around. It keeps the insect uh, population under control to a certain extent and uh, love inviting birds on. So they love to be in thick bushes and trees. So, you know, it's another, it's another um, a function of those things. Uh, smaller plants, of course, plants are going to provide for us food. Uh, some plants will provide soil amendments such as nitrogen. Uh, and, and of course, um, they're, they're going to put you know, um, their roots and stuff. You leave those in the, in the ground, they're going to be there to break it up. They're going to, they're going to uh, be there to, uh, to break up the soil and to provide nutrients back to the soil. Uh, of course it makes a great compost. I mean, anything left over from your garden should go in the compost pile and pollinator attractors. Plants are wonderful pollinator tractors, as are some trees and as are some bushes. So you have all these functions in the garden between your your trees, your bushes, and your plants, right down to the herbaceous levels. Even those have a function, ground cover, uh, and, and things like that. You you think about all the purposes of everything you're going to put on your homestead, and you try to pick things that are going to have multiple purposes, and even put them in, in in location so that they can possibly have that multiple purpose. Um, how about function stacking? with small-scale livestock. And I specifically want to talk about small-scale livestock. Absolutely large-scale livestock uh, has has the same kind of function stacking capabilities. But because we're talking about it, today's episode is about doing it in small 
scale homesteads. I want to talk about things like rabbits and chickens and fish and worms and things like that. So let's just start with rabbits. It's something I know a lot about. I have been raising rabbits for quite a while and they absolutely have multiple functions. Of course, they provide uh, me and my family meat, uh, but that isn't all they provide. They also provide fur for making things. I mean, we want to make things out of the hide. They're great for that. If you raise any kind of a, of a fiber rabbit, like an Angora, I mean, you, you got the fiber for, for making things like clothes and such. Um, the manure is invaluable. I mean, it's, it's the most, you know what, even if I didn't eat rabbit and didn't use the fur for anything, I would have a couple rabbits just for the manure. I really would because it's so valuable for your garden. So of course, rabbits serve multiple functions. Chickens, uh, even more so. And you think about all the things and, and I'm in no way exhausting the possibilities of any one of these animals. They all can provide uh, many things. I mean, you could think about rabbits and uh, putting them in tractors and keeping them for, for work, you know, to to eat grass and move the tractors around and eat weeds and such. I mean, there's so many things you can do, but chickens are notorious for that. Of course, they're going to provide meat when you butcher them. They're providing eggs daily, uh, feathers for making things, uh, compost material. Even the feathers can be compost material as well, but their manure, it makes a wonderful compost and labor. So many people don't think about the labor of a chicken. It's out there working for you. It can break down compost piles and it can, you know, it can clean up a yard and it can get rid of the garbage for you and it can uh, keep down insects and, and pests and things like that. I mean, a chicken works. It's a labor force on your homestead. It really is. Not to mention the entertainment factor. <laughs> that's, a, that's an element of their function, right? I mean, it's a function they have. They are entertaining to watch. Um, but we can even take it on a smaller scale, another scale, and go to fish. If you have a small backyard pond, um, fish can provide meat and they can provide manure. A fish pond can actually be a, a, an extra source of water. Um, I will dip that water out and use it in my gardens out of my backyard pond. But even in an emergency situation, you could dip the water out of that pond and use it for drinking water if you pur if you uh, purified it. So, I mean, it, this this fish pond and having fish, even in IBC totes or whatever, it could serve multiple functions having that set up on your property. Worms. I mean, we don't think of worms as livestock, but they're absolutely valuable to have on our property. They are a labor source. They are breaking up your soil. They are putting uh, castings in your soil. They are working for you. They're breaking down uh, compost if you have the right kind of worms. Um, their castings are invaluable. They're giving us these this, this garden gold to put on our gardens. If you, if you harness the power of the worm and you build compost, vermicompost bins, and you collect those castings, that is one of the best things you can put on your on your garden and not to mention the worm juice that you get uh, makes a great uh, tea uh, uh, compost tea for your garden it's not really a compost tea it's actually something different it's a manure tea i guess um, but they're they're working for soil aeration um, they're making they can make a livestock food you can feed them to your chickens and your quail uh, fishing bait i mean let's just be real we love to fish around here and we can go out to our vermicompost bins and grab a couple dozen uh, worms and go fishing. And so they make a great uh, fishing bait. I can feed them to the fish in my pond. I mean, they have multiple functions as small and a minor of a thing as that is. And, and you got to think about that. I mean, you could talk bees, we could talk, you know, all kinds of things, but these things can have multiple functions. And, and what I think is a great idea. Well, I'll get to this in the end, uh, but I do want to talk first about structures. Let's think about structures for, 
function stacking. Because to me, this is one of the most valuable um, concepts of permaculture is using structures that you have and structures that you can think to build on your property that have multiple purposes. For example, I have raised beds on my property. I made my raised beds somewhat tall and it serves multiple functions. One, I don't have to bend over and a raised bed alone serves multiple functions. I mean, it, I, I don't want to get into the whole spiel about the benefits of raised beds, but you know, I mean, it, it, there's there's a there's a benefit when it comes to to heat. There's a benefit when it comes to uh, moisture. There's just all these you know benefits, weed control and whatnot. But let's look at the the elements of it. It can provide protection. You build a bed tall enough, it actually can provide wind and sun protection for things around it. Um, my beds are three and a half feet tall, probably perfect for me. I can just go out there and reach right across. I don't have to bend over. I love that. And the older I got, the taller my beds got, right? That's the way it works. Um, but they provide, they can provide protection around the beds for certain things. I know people, I'm not doing this actually, but I have, I, I could do this. I have mulch around my beds, but they grow mushrooms in the mulch pathways around their raised beds. And if you've got your raised bed set in a location to where it's shaded on the back side, say the say the uh, the the north side of your your bed and there's a solid shade there, be a great place to maybe plant some uh, mushrooms in in the wood chips. Um, you could use them for that. There's there's multiple functions there. They provide microclimates for whatever you're doing. I mean, they they really every raised bed depending on the location, the height, the soil, what you're building it with can can create a certain microclimate. They are a heat sink. Um, they're they're a mass of soil with a structure around it, which provides a heat sink. And again, we talk about the shade. They can provide shade. Um, one of the things I remember doing is I put my the way my beds are lined up. Um, I had a tomato trellises. Uh, in one of the beds and then to the east of that bed i planted lettuce in that bed now why did i do that because as those trellises as those tomatoes grew up tall it was blocking the bed from the evening sun providing a cooler environment for growing lettuce and spinach and things that don't need that that'll just wither under that evening sun when it's really hot outside so they provided a shade for the bed next to it and that was really the trellis working as a function there, the structure. Let's talk about roofs, uh, the roof on your house, the roof on your garage, a roof over uh, yeah, just some kind of a, 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 an outbuilding or anything. Um, what can they do? Well, one, they provide weather protection, right? I mean, they obviously do that. That's what they're for. But they're also great for water collection. Uh, if you set up a water collection system off of the, um, the gutters from a roof, uh, you can totally water your, your homestead with good, healthy water rather than using any kind of well water or even city water if you're in a, uh, if you're in a city location. Um, of course, they're providing shade. And I don't mean the shade directly under whatever it's covering. I'm talking about things to the different directions of it. I mean, um, that can be good, that can be bad, but you want to utilize that for its good. Um, of course, there's things that in the back of my backyard where the evening sun is shaded by the roof of my house. And that's good. I can grow cooler crop things in that location uh, because they will get several hours in the evening of shade, which is very good for them. So you have to think about those things, where you're placing things in your yard, depending on the shade provided from a roof. How about the outer walls on your buildings from your 
garage, from your house, from any structure you have. You have these outer walls, right? What can they provide? Of course, shade again. But something maybe we don't think about is a heat sink. I mentioned earlier that on the south side of my house, I have garden beds all the way along the whole length of the house. And then I had to put trees to the south of those to provide a little shade for that area because it was so hot. Well, that heat is also a good thing. My house acts as a heat sink. Um, Those crops, uh, that ground even, stays warmer. It gets warmer earlier, stays warmer longer. So I can start early there and run later there uh, because of that side of the house because it's providing as a heat sink. It stays warmer in the evenings. Um, Like if we get an early frost or, I mean, a, a late frost in the springtime, a lot of my beds will get frost on them in my backyard and stuff, but that part on my south side of my house does not because it's absorbed the heat from the sun all day long, and then it's radiated that heat through the night, keeping the keeping those crops from getting a frost on them. So it can provide a heat sink, but also a trellis. Yeah, you don't even have to actually mount a trellis to the side of a house. Some crops will grow right on. Um, I have some um, goji berries and I didn't even know this about goji berries, but I had planted some goji berries alongside of my house. And if you've ever seen poison ivy kind of like stick to a house, it, the tendrils are so small. They're really not, you don't think of them as a general tendril like you would see on like say cucumbers or something. Um, but they, they just have this, this latching quality to them. Well, to some degree, those goji berries are the same way. They're like just attaching to the side of the house. And I think it's pretty cool. So it uses the house as a trellis and a heat stink, and it sticks itself to it and, it, and it works as a trellis. But you can actually mount things to that wall also to make it a better trellis for, for things. And you could even tie things off to it. You could use it for um, doing a spell your fruit trees or a spell yay. Some people get offended if you say it wrong. <laughs> a spell, it's spelled a spell your, but it's pronounced, I guess, a spell yay. But that's guiding trees. You 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 um, take the branches and you run them flat along a building or a fence, and you compact them uh, against something. And you could use a side of a house for that or a fence for that. So you see that there's in structures, and I didn't even get into fences. Fences have obviously uh, a lot of of benefits. Uh, I mean, they're creating an edge, which is always a good thing. They're creating a trellis, which is always a good thing. They they can provide shade depending on the thickness of a fence or what kind of fence it is. I mean, uh, a fence is another uh, multiple function uh, element on your property. So I hope what you're seeing here is is that it's is nothing groundbreaking, of course, but but the mind change is 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 good uh, and that you walk out and maybe you just make a list of everything you have on your homestead and then you just take those things one at a time and you say okay what's the multiple functions of this thing and how do i utilize those functions and i think it's a great way to build a homestead to make your homestead super efficient super productive and everything benefiting from one another a symbiotic relationship um, within your homestead but I'll tell you, once you start applying this principle to things in on your homestead, you'll start applying it to everything in your life. Uh, for example, I, I watched this um, YouTube channel called Edible Acres. He's a, this guy's big into permaculture, and he, he doesn't have a huge place. Uh, it's just maybe an acre, I don't know, smaller than an acre maybe, and he does a lot of permaculture on this property. And I remember him talking about function stacking using his pickup truck. Like when he goes into town and he's going to use the gas anyway, he tries to map out several um, 
things he has to do, pick up some mulch. He goes by and, and he gets this, all these waste vegetables from this restaurant grocery store for his chickens. And he just, he tries to like uh, make phone calls and line all this stuff up at once so he can make one trip into town. So if he's going in for a gallon of milk, he goes in, gets his gallon of milk, but he does all these other things and he function stacks using his pickup truck. And he starts, and it just really opens your eyes to the possibility of function stacking. Everything in your life becomes a function stack and you try to do things in a more efficient uh, manner and, and more economically and environmentally friendly way. Everything kind of works together for the better when you do function stacking. So I think it's an absolutely awesome concept to bring to your homestead. Again, uh, first heard about it through permaculture, but there's so much more to it in permaculture. But I hope what I've just, what I've talked about today will get you just thinking along the lines of function stacking. Because if you're going to run and do the most with your homestead, especially on a small-scale homestead like mine, we are operating on a tenth of an acre. And I'm telling you people, you you can grow a lot of food on a tenth of an acre. You can have a lot going on. And we're using our animals and our, our gardens and our structures together in a symbiotic way to work together to provide the most it can provide for our family. And you can do that too. And And even if you have a lot of ground, you can do that too. And you should do that because it's just more you can do. I mean, if you're tying up less space, it makes more space for more trees and and uh, maybe a pond or whatnot. You can put more things on your property, and I just think function stacking is a valuable concept. It's a it's a valuable skill to develop, and I think it'll do you a ton of good on your homestead. So there you have it, folks. Take take that into consideration. Get your mind going down those paths, and see what you can do. See what you can come up with, and. Uh, you know, if it if it's making your homestead a better way, if you want to share those ideas with me, I'd love to hear about them. You can send me an email, sthomestead at gmail.com. I'd love to hear about some of these function stacking methods you're trying because I think it's fascinating. And every time I hear about another way or something else somebody's doing, it opens my mind up to the possibilities as well. So I'd love to hear your ideas or what you discovered on your property and way that you're function stacking, even if it's not your property, even if it's just something you're, something you're a, a function stacking in your life. I'd love to hear about it, maybe even share it with others. So let me know if you're doing some of this or you're going to start doing some of this, or you just now for the first time thought this out and came up with a lot of ideas for doing some function stacking. So there you have it, folks. Thanks for listening today. And thank you for being part of our membership community. Uh, this could not happen without you. Uh, it means the world to me that you've joined, that you're listening to podcasts and that uh, you are part of the Modern Homesteading Podcast because we couldn't put that podcast out there for for the world if it wasn't for you folks in here helping us pay the bills and do things right and get better and better and better with it. Until next episode, happy homesteading and God bless. Well, folks, I hope you enjoyed uh, that episode from the Homestead Forum membership community. I think there's a lot to learn there. I think um, uh, that uh, you could get a lot of benefit uh, by by uh, function stacking on your homestead. I did want to come back, and I wanted to recommend a couple 
books to you that I find very useful uh, just in the permaculture zone and uh, and, and even uh, talking about some f- uh, function stacking. Uh, the first one is Paradise Lot, uh, Two Plant Geeks, One-Tenth of an Acre in the Making of an Edible Garden Oasis in the City by Eric Toensmeyer, and that's a great book. Uh, Gaia's Garden, I've recommended that book other times before on the podcast. Gaia's Garden, A Guide to Homescale Permaculture by Toby Hemingway is another great resource. Those two books have a lot to offer, especially on small-scale uh, permaculture. So I highly recommend those. I'll have links to those in the show notes. Again, that's smalltownhomestead.com forward slash 81, and you can check out the links for those two books. I, I told you last episode that I wanted to start a new segment called The Homestead Life. And it's a new segment where each episode I'll share something that's better in my life because of homesteading. Uh, This week, I just want to talk about homemade bread. You know, it's something we never did before we started homesteading. And to be honest with you, now I couldn't imagine my life without it. Uh, The way the house smells while you're baking it, the way you have to, you just have to cut off a slice. This is not an option, folks. There's no option here. You have to cut off a slice as soon as it comes out of the oven. You have to throw some real butter on it you know it you, you have to do it you have to take that first bite and all the time we're making bread all the time and and i just love love homemade bread and uh, that wasn't in my life before um before homesteading and you know I, I just like noticing the little things about it like how it doesn't stay good as long as store-bought bread it makes you wonder what's in all that uh, uh store-bought bread that makes it stay good as long as it does, because I find my homemade bread won't stay good half that long, half that time. Um, so it does make you wonder, you know, okay, what kind of preservatives are in this that's making it uh, last that long, stay like it is, stay fresher? You know, you have to eat it up, which I don't mind, you know. I don't mind making it and eating it up. That's what it's there for. So, man, I tell you, homemade bread, it's its its part of the homestead life that uh, I wouldn't want to. My life is definitely better because of that so <laughs> make some homemade bread and enjoy the homestead life uh, this podcast is made possible by those who join our homestead forum membership community i hope you got a little taste of that today um, it's growing it, you know we're still in the first few weeks of that of that membership community and um, i did want to tell you that uh, it's really inexpensive right now that price uh, is going to go up just a little bit uh, at the end of april uh, so you have a couple weeks left to jump in there at that discounted rate. And as, long, as long as you get in there at that discounted rate, your rate will never change uh, as long as you stay a member. Um, it's going to go up just a little bit. We're getting more. I didn't want to go full blast price right off the bat uh, for that membership community just because uh, there wasn't much in there. And those who join early, they're doing me a bigger favor than I'm doing them by joining for sure because, um, you know, I was, there wasn't a lot in there to offer them. But we're starting to get quite a bit in there. And it's just going to get bigger and bigger and bigger as time goes. So if you want to get in at a discounted rate and keep that rate forever, um, join now. Uh, go to the homesteadforum.com and you can get all the information about that uh, community. And I think you'd really like being a part of that as it grows, especially. It's just getting better and better and better. Uh, we also are encouraged by those uh, who leave an iTunes review or share this podcast with their friends and family means a lot to us. We get a couple reviews a week generally, and I always love reading those. I mean, it's really encouraging, and I think it provides a social proof for um, for those looking for a good homesteading podcast. You know, when I'm looking for podcasts, I will look at how many uh, 
uh, ratings and reviews that podcast has, and it's kind of feed off that. And it kind of gives me social proof. Is this a podcast we're stopping and looking at, or do I just keep on scrolling? So I really appreciate those who who leave those reviews. I think it helps others to uh, choose to listen to this podcast, and uh, I know it sure encourages me. So thank you so much for that. Again, show notes for this episode found at smalltownhomestead.com forward slash 81. And until the next episode, happy homesteading, folks, and God bless. Thanks for listening. To see the show notes for this podcast or listen to other podcast episodes, go to smalltownhomestead.com. There you can also read our blog, connect with us on Facebook, Twitter, and Google+, and take advantage of the many resources we make available to help you along in your homesteading journey. Please share this podcast and help us to carry out our mission of helping others to homestead today for a better tomorrow. Thank you.